Welcome to the Attenborough Arts Centre podcast. We are now into week 14 of lockdown and the third week of Leicester's special own little lockdown. And as such, I thought this week it would be very good if we spoke to Christopher Samuels, who works and lives within Leicester, talking about his art which has taken him across the world. This week I'm talking to Chris about his exhibition in America, the meaning and power behind his art, his activism, and what's coming next for Chris. The audio quality this week has a couple dips in it, so apologies for that before we even begin. Well, I'm Christopher Samuel. I'm a Leicester-based artist, disabled artist. Um, I suppose a multidisciplinary artist. My practice is rooted in identity politics, but mainly disability politics. Um, um, I make work about my own lived experience, um, and I kind of interrogate that um, to get an understanding um, of what, as I suppose, what of what I've experienced and what I'm trying to communicate, um, and it's the work's generally based around. Equality, inequality, and marginal, marginalization. Um, so I do that with an urgency and humor. Um, and I try to do it in a way which is accessible to everybody. So everyone can, uh, I suppose, identify or relate to it with a wider, uh, with a wider human experience. Yeah. Chris, I've got to say, uh, first off, it's lovely to chat to you again. Uh, last time we spoke, it was just after you'd come back from America, uh, where you were exhibiting over at the VAE Raleigh in North Carolina. Um, so I think the main thing really is, is how was exhibiting your artwork over in America? Well, first of all, I think it was um, it was amazing. Um, so I'd just like to thank Attenborough for supporting me, I think, and, and Sam West, who also accompanied me over there. Um, the experience was just, it wasn't what I anticipated. I tried to keep an open mind, but it was, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, yeah. Would you want me to go on and tell you about the experiment? Or I mean, I mean, go for it. Yeah, it was because uh, people who aren't aware of you, do you want to first just introduce the project was that you were taking over there, and then just have a chat and talk about, and then just talk about the reactions you got to the artwork. Okay, so I the project I took over there was my housing crisis project, which. Uh, first show um, and was put together by um, well supported by Attenborough and that show was based on my on an email exchange between myself and two local authorities and a company 
was basically I was fighting to 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 live independently um, and as well to stay stay in society. It may sound a bit extreme, but that was that's the truth. If I would have given up, I would have been in a care home. Um, I would have lost my care, which enables me to um, have support in society and go out and do other things. So yeah, that's that's what that 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 body of work was based on, and that was part of a show called "Full Light of Day." Um, at V A E in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, yeah, the work itself, I was, I was a bit worried about how it would be received because obviously, um, the way uh, the things that affect people in Britain with um, disabilities differs from those in the states. This is due to uh, funding and then. Um, healthcare, insurance, and so on, where we have uh, support from local authorities and we don't have to pay for healthcare. Uh, but yeah, uh, the response from the work itself, I thought was uh, I think the, the lift uh, disabled experience when it comes down to the crunch is quite similar um, mm-hmm. even though um, like I just said um, if you don't have the right insurance in, in America you don't get access to wheelchairs um, and then the knock on effect to that their, their, their housing situation is Kind of similar. There's, uh, I suppose, a housing crisis in, in the terms of there isn't that much uh, available to those on particularly low income because you you don't mm. have the finances to 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 access that, um, so they're forced into uh, a sort of unsuitable uh, accommodation like kind of like an institution, care homes and so on, and so on. But I gathered this information because there was a few different groups which came uh, to see my work. Um, So they're with various different conditions. Some people were blind. Some people had um, other physical impairments. But they said they could identify with the frustrations, feeling uh, marginalized, feeling unheard, not supported, um, and they shared their own stories. Um, there was that lady there; I can't remember her, her name. Mm. She said she was lucky because she had a job, and her friend didn't have a job. The job enabled her to rent property for herself and have access to 
better care, uh, I mean, insurance. Uh, a friend was in a care home and kind of left there to kind of, I don't want to say rot, but just yeah, left, just left there. Um, um, so from, yeah, I was just I was pleased that the the, the work resonated with with people across across the globe, you know, um, with a different culture and different sets of values. But I think ultimately, we're all human, so that experience can trans can be translated. Um, when it comes to what I consider right and wrong and think, mm-hmm. um, things that shouldn't be happening. So yeah, it was received quite well. Uh, gave a few talks, uh, which was interesting because my voice is not, is not the best. So they were, they were quite polite. They were very polite. So I, I kind of suggested if you can't, hear me or understand my accent or the way I'm speaking because of my condition, please let me know. Um, so I repeated myself. They might have thought I was a bit crazy, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It must have been nice for the people there to who have also experienced the, the difficulties in, in trying to get like social housing and support for, dis- for being disabled. It must have been not if not nice, but sort of kind of darkly comforting for them to know that it's a sort of you it's a it's a universal issue, and that it's not just say their local council dragging their heels, but it is well I mean looking through all your work you've got on your website which i'll I'll share a link to um your such a large body of your work is looking at how councils and authorities try really hard to sort of dehumanize you when it comes to these issues um and how they're so black and white and how the difficulty you get in trying to get support um were people were people shocked by your work and because it it does quite starkly and quite vividly criticize the system that is clearly not working so were people shocked to see that it is working isn't working to such a degree um i think um you see that was one of the things i was hoping to see how it would be received um um what what a gentleman said to me that um he didn't realize people in the uk were going through similar things he was blind um, and he said that exactly what I just said. He mm. wasn't aware that that sort of thing was happening um, in the UK. I would say um, there were, I think, I think the people that spoke to me could identify with it. Um, Mm. They weren't entirely shot. They, 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 like you just said. I think they, they found comfort in, in what I was 
what the work, um, the conversation, what I was depicting and how honest and open it, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few people who worked for um, government positions and in, in North Carolina spoke with me and kind of said that this is the type of stuff they have to deal with where um, it's like um, these people are just numbers and they're not yeah. valued and, and seen. It's quite clinical and cold. Um, and th- th- this is why I said the, 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 the only difference is really, and not to say it's I'm very lucky and things have progressed and I've got access to help and maybe it's not entirely the way it should be and I shouldn't have to mm-hmm. fight to have things that I think everyone should be entitled to if they if they if they need support. Um, mm-hmm. um so I've just lost my train of thought, but Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. Um it's so uh, looking through all your work you yes you are you're starkly critical of of the system that's failed that, that has repeatedly and is continuing to fail you but there is also in your work this really biting dark humor um so going even from from housing crisis where you took the letters like hundreds and hundreds of letters that you um you've been sent by by councils and you and you blacked out certain uh, certain words um to get other meanings through the letters and some of those are harrowing you like their their use of of verbiage is is dehumanizing and you're right you're you're a number but other times you've made them blisteringly funny um and then you look at your work in the welcome in in 2019 um which I think if you want to explain what that is, because I think that is, it's really thought-provoking, but also it's quite funny. Because <laughs> just some of the reactions you got from it, you must have been loving that. Of course. I think that made me smile quite a bit, I think. As, well, the work is, I think I should describe the work first. It's, so it's called Welcome In. And it's an installation, sleeping installation, which people can stay in. It's in a hotel called the Arts B&B in Blackpool. I was commissioned by Unlimited um, and Airbnb to um, to make that work. And the room is based on, my installation is based on um, structural discrimination. Um, um, but again, coming from a lived experience of going to hotels and they're being labelled accessible and clearly it's not. It's like a one-size-fits-all culture, which is Mm -hmm. unacceptable in my books. Like, for instance, I couldn't sleep in the bed because it was the wrong height. Uh, They could have had... I'm I'm talking about all hotels. Mm -hmm. If they had profiling beds which raise up and down, and bend and so on. I could sleep in the bed, um, but they didn't have that. I had to sleep in my wheelchair for three months um, because I was made homeless. 
again around the bed. I couldn't navigate around the bed because it was a big double bed. And as I came into the door, I had to go into a corner. And then before the door can shut, and then I had to reverse back and then kind of squeeze around the bed. I can use my electric wheelchair quite well. But what about those people who can't? I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't use the dressing table because it was the wrong height. They could have an adjustable table. So I couldn't sit at the table. Um, the, 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 I think the icing on the cake was, well, two things. I couldn't, I could get into the toilet, but I couldn't use the toilet. I couldn't shut the door. I couldn't transfer. I had to use a bucket. I know I'm a big, being a bit graphic, but that's the reality. I yeah. Couldn't, couldn't use the shower or uh, because the shower was inside a bath. How was I supposed to use that? Mm. So as I'm living through that experience, I thought, okay, let me just keep notes as I do. I normally keep a journal of some sort. Um, and then an opportunity came about for artists to submit a proposal. I The penny dropped. I was like, right, okay. I've got a brilliant idea. I think I'm going to make a room which is targeting everybody people, but not in a malicious way. It's more in a way where they can experience in order to understand the space, you need to experience it. Mm. So the bed is high, slightly high. Um, it's theatrical, but it's slightly high, high enough for you to get in. But it's difficult. You're going to have to think about how you're going to get in and out of that bed. Disabled people do that all the time. They go mm. into a space and they have to think about how they're going to navigate and use that space because it's not designed for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the bed was one element, which was quite... Uh, I decided to put the bathroom door on the wrong way and, tra- and make sure it's, it was trapped behind the toilet. So anyone using the room, uh, if they're a couple or... Um, they won't be able to shut the toilet door. So again, privacy, this, but I'm not. The thing is with that room, I didn't want to make it so it wasn't um, a real Mm. lived experience. It had to be authentic in that sense. Um, Because if you look at it, and I advise everyone to, to search it out it's got a it's got a wonderful bbc article as well when you go in and look around it it looks like a totally normal airbnb hotel room and it's only when you start looking closer you real that you realize just just how difficult it is to use even the bed which you like you, as you said you, you've built these walls up around it slightly so you've got to clamber over them to get in the bathroom isn't set up normally so you can't do anything with it it's really looking at the photos and I watched a video of someone walking around it. Yeah. It's so very nearly a normal room. Yeah. 
And it, it, it really gets the point across of how, yeah, you, just the, the lack of thought that people, the, the lack of thought that companies put in to say they're one size fits all uh, disabled access rooms, how they're not, they don't work. And it, it is, I think in the, in the interview, I know that you were, you were cackling about it because you can't go into the room because it's not accessible. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fit in. Um, it's, 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 it's as with all the kind of the things that I really like is that you get the message, but it's so darkly funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, I think that was, um, I knew that would be kind of the selling point. Mm. But underneath, I knew is a serious message. And they will. Oh, without give, a doubt, yeah. They, they will. You can laugh and joke and try spending a month in that room. Mm. And, or a week. The joke slowly subsides. You know, it, it, it's yeah. no longer a joke. And I think. I think naturally, I think I'm quite. I like to find the the humour in mm. most things, um, but equally, um, equally, I'm aware that for my work to be accessible, for people to engage with it, sometimes you you don't need to ram. This this is my own personal um, views. To everyone, I draw work that is quite uh, forceful um, but sometimes people need a way in you mm-hmm. know? and humour I feel humour is um, universal you know mm. people can relate to that so um, I think I naturally kind of um, embed humour dark humour in my, in my work in some way your art, everything I've seen of it, it does hit you really hard. It is, you get the point, you get to the point and you put that point across very quickly and very, very well. Um, because you're, when I first joined Atabra Art Centre, yours was the, the work that was, I think, still in the Balcony Gallery. Um, yeah. And it, you, you looked at it and you read it and you really could feel your... I think anger and disappointment in the system that had repeatedly let you down. But even then, you, your the humanity of of you and your your personality still shines through because there is of these five hundred emails, there is still you've manipulated some of them to make it funny, and that sort of completely sort of takes you by surprise because before then it's been really really serious and really deep and and it does stick. It helps it stick into your brain. So it's really, really well done. And all your pieces of work have this, that I've seen at least, they have this element of comedy in them. And they have this element of really black humour, but you never lose sight of the message and the power that comes across with it as well. And I think that's, all your work that I've seen has got this. And it's, is that something you do very deliberately, just because you said to make it accessible? Uh-huh. Well, thank you, first of all, I think. Um, I think for, for me, there's two, there's a few things happening simultaneously um, when I'm making a piece of work. I think, ultimately, what am I trying to say? What is the work mm-hmm. saying? How do, how do I feel right now in this? 
in this moment. Yeah. Um, and then I think naturally the humour comes in because as, as I'm working through something, um, the various different narratives kind of come into my mind. So I can see this. Yeah. Um, but what is it really saying? Yeah. Um, so long as it it tallies with what I'm trying to convey. And also, my work is not just about me. That's mm-hmm. one of the key things which I try to make um, clear. It needs it needs to be able to be relatable um, in a wider context um, so, um, to various different people. So I can make it even more personal and just about my lived experience based not about that what um i'm gen- i'm trying to make statements about um current culture and the identity of disabled people and 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 keep my own identity within the work as well and i think i don't know it just comes naturally i think anyone who knows me would know um uh, I don't know. I think I'm quite funny. <laughs> my, mom like, my mom would say, uh, "You think you're a comedian?" <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I think um, I'm in a place where I've had different experiences, and I'm in a happier place now. Um, I've not always been happy. I've not. I've always not always been smiling and stuff I think because of my condition I've gone through various transformations uh, my identity is constantly shifted evolved I should say um, but now um, yeah um, I don't know I think I'm just yeah I try to bring humor to, to it because I think Humans are good. Humans, laughter is is it's, it's good medicine. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. The relationship between you and the Atom Art Center is 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 very long and very and very deep. Um, how have this? How has the Atom Art Center supported you over the last few years to getting to America and other things as well? Okay, um, so I. I was at university when I first came into contact with Attenborough and um, I was looking for um, work placement in in some capacity um, um, as part of our modules. I think it was called um, professional development. so I was looking for uh, a space where I can be in an environment where um, the arts were happening. Um, so initially, I contacted Shape Arts and the director of Shape, because I exhibited with them mm-hmm. back in 2012. Um, and he put me in touch with Jeremy, um, um, 
from Yattenborough and, and Sam and they invited me in and said we can find a space for you to to, to volunteer and work in creative department um, so I went um, once a week I think it was twice a week or once a week um, no, it was twice I worked as a gallery assistant as well yeah. while I was also working in the creative department with Sam West who was the curator at the time so I worked underneath him and they showed me about how they put programs together, how shows were curated. Um, it was a brilliant, 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 brilliant experience. Mm. I learned so much about, and even their ethos on um, supporting disabled artists was geared towards that. So it was right, right up my street. Um, and I met various um, well-established artists. Um, uh, I saw how artwork was prized. I saw how the conversation was um, initiated or maintained with artists for future shows. Um, uh, I put together a program. I, it was yeah that. So that relationship continued until after I graduated. Um, they, Sam West, um, Jeremy, well, the rest of the, the um, everyone at Hattenburg mm. suggested I should have my own so show, um, solo yeah. show, uh, which would be opening the same night as Yinka's show. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. Um, I was a bit nervous because obviously Yinka is a really successful artist. Um, mm -hmm. they, yeah, they supported me and we went through the whole process of of what, what the show would be, what it would look like aesthetically. I got funding from the Arts Council. I had a producer who's Ben Fredericks, who still produces me now. Um, they help. Um, yeah, so I learned so much from that. Was like the first step as uh, a professional. Artist, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's lovely to to actually hear how not just we've say um, supported an artist by giving them some money and like getting a commission, but actually the fact you said this has led to this, has led to this, has led to this. It it's really really nice to hear. Even though I work in the marketing to Attenborough Centre, I don't think it's something that we do well enough is sort of shout about the good that we do. Because yeah. um, it, it is, and also it's just really nice to hear. And I know that nice is a very general word, and, yeah. but it is, it's really lovely to hear that we've been able to support an artist like yourself to do what, and to help, to support you to do what you love and what you're good at and to get across your messages 
Um, it's just just nice. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. I think looking back, I think you know, um, that opportunity mm. has opened other doors and opportunities for myself, yeah. and. And I don't want to go on about being marginalised, but there's, there's, there's not, there's, there's not that much support out there. If mm. in terms of, and maybe I'm being biased because um, um, I know the Asim brand. I don't know other art organisations, and maybe they would have given me the opportunity, but. This opportunity has helped me tremendously. I've run mm. my own studio space now. I'm I'm committed now. I've this is a vocation now. You know, this is why I do. And I think without maybe if that if that didn't happen, where would I? What I wouldn't have learned as much of. I wouldn't have that much life experience in terms of what the arts how the, an art organization works yeah. and where where I possibly would fit in the wider context the landscape if yeah. that makes sense you know, yeah. and building um, connections and networks up for myself you know yeah. oh. um what is so we'll we'll start wrapping up just so I know that you're a busy man. Um what's on the future for for Christopher Samuel? What have you got planned? Um, I know that COVID's thrown a spanner in the works for a lot for literally everything. Um but what what are you what's the future looking like for you? Um, um I don't want to sound like I'm being mysterious. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't really say too much, but oh, I love that! I love a bit of mystery. Okay, <laughs> uh, hopefully, I should be coming back over to uh, North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, to exhibit at another gallery who I've um, started a conversation with. Um, so they want to reimagine um, the hotel room in there. In their space with some other work. Um, I've also been approached by a charity to recreate the room again, another hotel room. Um, um, I'm currently doing a research bursary with um, the Welcome Collection. So I'm exploring mm-hmm. their collection and relating to work, health and disability um, and relating that to my own lived experience dating back from the 70s and so on. So that's happening at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I suppose I'm making work in the background. I'm uh, doing stuff in the background. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a few things happening simultaneously. I think, um, which is brilliant for me. I think, um, even though lockdown happened, 
um, I knew um, it would be okay because mm. I would be making work regardless. I think um, life, you can draw from life and I think these different experiences, I'm not, and I'm also one of those people that I wanted to respond straight to COVID and that lift experience, even though I've been making work, uh, which no one has seen about um, what it's like to kind of like be restricted and isolated and so on. Um, but yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it sounds, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you're doing next. It sounds really exciting. It sounds really interesting. And given your your track record of producing work that I like, <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Oh, my gosh. That's too much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, Chris, this has been absolutely lovely. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me. Uh, is there a website or a place that people can, can find you on, like whether it's your website or social media? Yeah, totally. Uh, so you can... My website is christophersamuel.co.uk. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at christophersamuel underscore. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, Chris underscore Samuel underscore. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you, Adam, for for having me. Uh, it's been it's been nice conversation i've enjoyed it myself so yeah thank you Another really big thank you there to Chris for his time and what was a really long chat. I've had to edit it down quite a lot and we went into so much more than we've got into there. We will hopefully be maybe releasing other bits of it as a little extra episode along the way somewhere. Next week, we have got a chat with the people behind Wrestling Resurgence and the discussion about looking at how wrestling has progressed in the UK as an art form and also as a scholarly pursuit and something worth study. Once again, thank you very much for listening. We shall see you in two weeks' time. And this has been the Attenborough Arts Centre Podcast. Do 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 do